Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there, hey there, hey there. Tuesday, 12th day of September 2023. What is going on, everybody? Dan Grasser Show. We are live. We are in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We've got Harvey. We've got Joe. We'll take it right up until 9 o'clock. Then Gordon and Larry will do their thing for the remainder of this Tuesday right here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, you don't have to be a genius to figure out what this show is primarily going to consist of. Um, because even if you have a, 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 a passing interest in the National Football League, and specifically the New York Jets, I, I'm sure that you've caught wind of what's transpired over the last 24 hours. And it's funny because you want to rewind 24 hours? We're just starting the pregame show last night in the Coaches Club, Greg and myself. Roger Goodell is sitting down with us, talking it up about all things National Football League, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Kind of surreal, to be honest with you, right? Like, you knew that the first game there would be a lot of anticipation as soon as the schedule came out. And you knew that there would be a big crowd and a lot of attention and the pomp and circumstance and everything. But... You never really fully grasp it until it arrives. And that's what last night was, essentially. And I guess the best way to describe everything that transpired last night with the Jets, and it it was the thought that came to me immediately, you won the battle, but you probably lost the war. And I think that that's a pretty fair way of looking at things, right? And I was thinking about you know, as I was driving out of that stadium last night in the wee hours of the morning, I think it was maybe around 1.30 when we wrapped up and, and, and finally got out of there, and, you know, knowing that we would have the show today. And as more and more time passed, I said to myself, you know what, this should actually be, I don't want to say easy, but in a way almost therapeutic, cathartic, those type of words to describe probably what the Jet fan is feeling right now. And it's a weird feeling because you want a game – It was an exciting game. It was a thrilling game. It was one against a division rival, a team that you're trying to track down, a team that's won this division for the last three years that a lot of people said you couldn't beat. But then on the other hand, all the aspirations and the hopes and the dreams that were really all centered around one individual, one guy made you believe the impossible dream. As I said for the last six months, you're going to go into every game thinking you have a shot to win because in a quarterback-driven league, you have one of a handful that can pull your team to victory on any given Sunday. You had that guy. And I'm sitting in the same seat right now. Like, this didn't even occur to me until I got here tonight. I'm sitting in the same seat right now that I did, and I I have to go back and look at the date, on March 15th. Okay, so we're almost, we're a few days shy of, of, of six months ago. You know what happened on March 15th? That was the day that Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said that it was his intention to play for the New York Jets. And Bart Scott was sitting to my right. And essentially, from the minute he said that, the rest of the show became a Jets pep rally. 
Fans are going ballistic, jumping through the roof, right? Aaron Rodgers, the future Hall of Famer, a four-time MVP, that guy chose your team. He wants to be a Jet. Think about that. The popular kids in school want to have lunch at your table. That doesn't happen often, but it happened then. And so essentially you had a six-month buildup to this. Then a month later, the press conference arrives when the trade becomes official. And he talks about how excited he is to be with this team. And then the off-season program gets underway. And he's fully immersed himself in the program and his teammates and the organization and the building. And it's like Aaron Rodgers just took over the entire organization. People couldn't get enough. They couldn't consume enough of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Ticket sales through the roof. Merchandise. Interest. Look at the National Football League. We, I asked the question to Commissioner Goodell last night on the pregame show. What does Aaron Rodgers being on the New York Jets mean to business in the NFL? Means a lot. Why do you think we were there last night as late as we were? Why do you think it was the season opening Monday night football game? Because people wanted to see Aaron Rodgers with this football team. Still got five more primetime slash national TV games the rest of the year. Not because of Zach Wilson is the quarterback. Because Aaron Rodgers was that guy. This team was a Super Bowl favorite. Not a favorite, a Super Bowl possibility. They still a Super Bowl possibility? I guess we'll find out over time. We know that they're not canceling the rest of the season. But I got to be honest with you guys, and I usually am, you know. I've been attending Jet games in the last, you know, five, six years, of course, being part of the broadcast and being part of the team. Attending games in some capacity for over three decades. Okay, first as a fan, now working. I have never, and there have been some doozies, as you all know, I have never in the hundreds and hundreds of games that I've attended watching this football team never experienced the roller coaster range of emotions that were packed into last night. Not a once. And, and nothing is even close. Talking about the buildup, and it was a six-month buildup, like I said. Six-month buildup. I was going crazy over the weekend. You know, when everybody was on the field on Sunday playing football. Because, and I was telling people this, like trying to put it into words. Like, I just wanted the Jets to play just to get the season underway, right? To get into a rhythm. Because once you get the first one out of the way, then it's the season. Then it's a weekly routine. This has been like, it was almost like a six-month bye week waiting for this one game. That's what it felt like. So then it finally arrived, and as it got closer and closer, and you saw what happened to the Giants on Sunday night, on that field, in that building, and that was a disaster. And we'll try to work in some of that a little bit later on in the show, but by all accounts, tonight's a jet day. But watching what happened to the Giants, like I had this weird kind of, I don't want to say gloom and doom, but it kind of felt like that going into that day yesterday, even though I thought the Jets were going to win the game. I thought all along the Jets were somehow going to find a way to beat the Buffalo Bills. But everything leading up to it. And like I said, I've seen pretty much all. All the negativity. All the, only the Jets. Same old Jets. I've lived it. Never in a million years was I prepared for what happened last night. Never. 
Like I said, the good, the bad, the everything. I get to the stadium early last night, and look, when I strolled in there, it was probably like 4, 4.30, and the lot was packed. Packed. The lot that we park in, the media lot. I was like the second-to-last car. And this was almost four hours before the game. It was mobbed because Aaron Rodgers. You know, I make my rounds. I'm kissing babies and everything before the game like I usually do. Just, you know, get a lay of the land. And I go out there, and I'm on the field. Buttle and I are sitting on the bench just chilling out, you know, before we go into the club and get ready for the game. And Nathaniel Hackett walks out onto the field. So I see him, and, you know, we had a brief conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I went out and I I talked to him. He and I sat there and shot the breeze for about 20 minutes to a half hour, just the two of us. He got Salah running the steps in the stadium. And let me tell you something. It was a great conversation. He's telling me about this offense and the hopes for the season. He said this offense is what, we wanted to run in Green Bay, like the version that Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett wanted to run, because Matt LaFleur had his inputs too. And some of the things that he wanted to incorporate as the head coach. But now this is their offense. This is what they wanted to run. He's telling me about how last week in practice, how, you know, just 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 goes to show you how much he and Aaron Rodgers are in lockstep with this system. He said they called, he he called the play in practice, the same play four times knowing full well that each time he called it, based on the looks that they were getting from the opposing defense, that they would have to change out of the play. Aaron knew that. Nathaniel Hackett knew that. But it was more a test for the other guys on the offense to see if they would also go along with it and have to make the necessary adjustments. Just to further illustrate just how much these two guys were in sync with this system. Four plays. Done. Four plays. Vinny Testaverde joined us on the pregame show yesterday. Love Vinny. Love him. Okay? And in a cruel twist of fate, you know what happened 24 years ago today? September the 12th, 1999? That's when Vinny suffered his torn Achilles. Week one against the New England Patriots. 24 years ago today. Listen, I didn't bring that up at all to Vinny. Wasn't going to do it. Wasn't going to just set any negative vibes into the festivities, but don't think for a second because I was in the building that day, all right? Don't think that that wasn't in the back of my mind constantly because I'm neurotic, but I thought about that every second. Then you have the pregame ceremonies, everything. I mean, the place was, I I have never seen that stadium like it was last night, never. And granted, we're in the press box, so you don't even get like the full feel of it all. You know, you got the soundproof windows and everything to a certain extent, but that place was ballistic. It was an unbelievable scene to experience and to be a part of. It was, the press box was mobbed. Everybody and their mother showed up for that game last night. People that you haven't seen at a Jets game in the last five, six years, they were there last night because they became the hot team and the hot ticket. Game starts, four plays in. He goes down. Four plays. Now, when you're in the press box there, you don't get as much of a bird's eye view as you do when you're watching it on TV at home. 
you miss certain things. I'm not getting close-ups of the sidelines and what's happening and, and what maybe you're trying to read guys' lips. I'm looking up at the monitors they have in the box just trying to get any sort of information. And when I looked up at the box and I saw Rodgers get up and he kind of shook his head to the sideline, right there, that was the first inclination where I'm saying to myself, uh-oh, uh-oh. And it, was, it wasn't just like a normal, like I'm shaking off a play. He shook off the sidelines almost like saying, can you bleep and believe that this just happened? And then two seconds later, he drops to the ground again, and he said, now it's bad. Now it's bad. Because any player is not going to do that unless he's, you know, at the acting school auditioning for a role or something, and he wants to try out his acting chops because he'd give probably the whole place a heart attack. And then when the trainers came out, and then they had to help him off the field, right there and then you said, "Mm mm-hmm, I can't believe it. Remember, a few weeks ago when you found out that Aaron Rodgers was playing in the preseason against the Giants, this was the worst fears of every Jet fan when they got that news because they thought something like this could happen in that game. It didn't. Instead, it waited for the first game of the regular season, four plays in. Four plays in. And then you're just trying, like like anything, to get some information. You hear an ankle initially. Okay, ankle, ankle. Okay, maybe it's just a high ankle sprain. Everything is okay. Maybe six weeks. Okay, it's not the end of the world. It's better than the worst-case scenario. Fine. But then you're reading social media, and you're seeing all these things, and all these, you know, Twitter doctors are saying, no, it's it's an Achilles. Look at this. Look at this. I don't want to believe it. Don't want to hear it. Don't care. Can't be true. It can't. I watched it happen to Vinny when nobody touched him 24 years ago. Nobody touched him. And you guys know how I felt about that 98 Jets team. That was the best team I ever saw in my lifetime with this organization. And then when they came back in 99, 99, they were more of a favorite, for those that weren't old enough, more of a favorite to go to a Super Bowl than anything that people were forecasting this year. You had the best coach in the damn game at the time in Parcells. You had a team that was this close the year before, primed to go deep. And then it all went up in smoke. Vinny at least made it to the second quarter of that first game. Yesterday, four plays. Four plays. Zach Wilson comes in. Zach Wilson, a guy who, let's be honest, if not for Zach Wilson, the last six months of Aaron Rodgers doesn't even happen. Because they just drafted this guy second overall just a couple of years ago. Normally, you would think, okay, by year three, he's still going to be your starting quarterback. But he was a part of the organization. Rodgers tutored him. Zach Wilson, by all accounts, soaked it up like a sponge. But he was still the backup quarterback, right? Zach Wilson hadn't taken a first-team rep in practice probably for the last two weeks, I would say. Certainly not in the past week. How ready was he going to be? See, that's the thing. Fans don't realize this about backup quarterbacks. Like, you, you, you're there at practice, but you're not really getting the reps that the starters are getting. So then it's up to you on your own. You really got to do the work yourself. You have to dive into the playbook. It's almost like, you know, when you're a student in school. You could go to class and everything. That's great. But if you don't put in the work at home and do the reading and the studying, when time comes for the exam, you're going to bomb it. So that's a tough sell. In that environment against anybody against a real, real good football team, too, in that environment. Comes on, can't really get the offense moving, throws a bad pick to Matt Milano, and boy, Matt Milano strikes again, right, against the Jets. He was the one who almost killed Mike White last year in Buffalo, right before the half. We go to halftime, Greg and I, they're down 13-3, 
full disclosure, full disclosure, and I'm not speaking for anybody else. At halftime, I thought the final was going to be 30-3. to Probably because you're just trying to digest what had indeed happened. And knowing that six months of planning and hoping and dreaming and preparation all just went up in smoke in four plays. Four plays. But somehow, some way, this team fought, this team battled. And apart from the quarterback, you know, we tried to also stress this all offseason. Still a good football team. It's a good enough football team to where Aaron Rodgers looked at the roster once upon a time and said, I want to play for that team. He got a lot of talent. And we took a lot of calls over the last week specifically on this show about the defense. How good was this defense? Is this a championship caliber defense? Oh, I don't know. You know, they don't turn enough people over. Well, last night, you know what happened? Up until that final drive of regulation, they pitched a shutout in the second half of the game. They held Buffalo to 70 yards of total offense before that final drive. They created or forced, not one, not two, not three, four turnovers in that game last night. I'd say that's pretty good, right? Average day at the office, four turnovers, hold a team like that pretty well in check. Yeah. Quarterback battled, made plays when he had to. Got the ball to Garrett Wilson to where he can make an acrobatic catch in the end zone. And if you don't know it, and you probably know it already, 17 is special. Not just because he's my boy, he's special. And it's unbelievable that he's wearing a Jet uniform. The quarterback gets all the attention, but 17 is special. And then the defense goes out. And remember, the other refrain was, boy, this defense can't put teams away. They let the Lions come down the field. The Lions, the Lions, the Lions, the Lions. All these teams coming down the field, and they can't get off the field. Well, they held Buffalo to a field goal at the end of regulation, and that needed a doink just to even send it to overtime. Buffalo wins the coin toss, and I'm sure the gloom and doom people were saying, well, the Bills are going to go right down and win the game. It's over. And what do they do? Three and out. And then the offense doesn't even have to come on the field in overtime. Does not even have to come on the field. Because somebody by the name of Xavier Gibson made a name for himself last night. Shout out Joe Douglas and his staff. Stephen F. Austin, not exactly a power bed for football. Undrafted free agent. Makes the team. Puts his name in the Jet history books. What a send-off. And like I said, the range of emotion in one evening in that stadium is nothing like I've ever experienced, ever. The good, the bad, the ugly, the euphoric. And even the win was bittersweet because I'm in that club after the game and we're doing the postgame show. And there was the initial euphoria. I even posted it, as a matter of fact. Like, I took, like, a brief video. And I still put it up there. But after that ended, and Robert Sala does his press conference and tells you, you know what, it looks like it's an Achilles for Aaron. We're hoping for the best, but it doesn't look good. People were like stone-faced in that club. It didn't clear out. They were still hanging around. And usually Greg and I have that effect on people, but this was different. They were just had blank stares on their faces. There was more enthusiasm on people's faces after the preseason game against the Buccaneers a few weeks ago. And that was just a preseason game. It was almost like they didn't know how to feel. You had one of the most exciting victories as you had maybe ever. But yet six months of your hopes, your dreams, 
and everything that you worked for centered around one guy, a rock star, gone. Four plays. Like I said, you won the battle, that's great. But you might have lost the war. And it's really a sinking feeling. And so I drive out of that place last night at like 1.30. And last week, I went to a couple Bruce Springsteen concerts at that building. Great shows. Get well soon, Bruce, by the way. Great shows. And I remember saying as I was leaving those shows, I said to my wife, I was like, boy, think about it. Another week. We finally get this thing started. We'll be back here Monday night. Place is going to be mobbed. I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. Can't wait to get it going. And I thought about that as I was driving out of there last night. Get onto the turnpike, and it's late. You know, there's not a lot of people on the road, of course. And I'm just trying to process the range of emotions. Like, what the hell did I just experience? I got no idea. It is an emotionally draining day, if I've ever experienced one, around sports, work, football, whatever. Put the radio on. More Bruce. Jungle Land comes on right from the start. You know Jungle Land. Part anthem, part opera. I mean, it's an eight-minute song. And if you're driving on a lonely, dark road late at night, especially at those hours, it's perfect. And as I'm listening to this song, which I love, of course, processing everything that I just experienced, I look to my left, and you see as clear as the dark night, You see those beams shining up from lower Manhattan. And it puts it all into perspective. But like I said, it just added to the emotion of what that entire 24 hours was like. Incredible. Like I said, nothing I have ever experienced with that football team rolled into one day like we had on Monday. But you know what? They're not going to cancel the season. Still got 16 more of these. I know that's how the people in that building are viewing the whole thing as well. And you got a lot of really good players in that locker room. They're not counting themselves out. It's not going to be easy. They're going into a hornet's nest this week in Dallas, absolutely. Next five games aren't going to be a picnic either. But it's a long season. And you never know what's going to happen. Is it disappointing? Sure. Absolutely. No doubt. But you still got a lot to play for. Your calls, 800-919-3776. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. In case you missed it, look, I'm proud of my team. I'm proud of the guys that I work with. Um, and I think we do a phenomenal job. I know it sounds a little biased, but I think it's true. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to, to hear any of this last night, listen to a couple of these calls. By my buddy Bob. This was the Garrett Wilson touchdown from Zach Wilson, which tied it up at 13. Dalvin Cook, the lone setback. At the four-yard line, second down and goal. Zach Wilson drops back. Lob left for Garrett Wilson. One-handed catch. Oh, he's got it. That's a jet touchdown. Garrett Wilson with an unbelievable self-tip. The one-handed snag. And the Jets are a 
And even at that point, right, when they get that game even in the fourth quarter, you're saying, I, I, I can't believe we're at this point. A little under five minutes to play. And then what happens? Defense goes out there, first play of the next possession. Michael Clemens absolutely just destroys Josh Allen. And Tony Adams recovers the fumble. And they get the football back. And then they go ahead and kick that go-ahead field goal. But then we know the Bills came down, tied it with the drama there, with the doink. Tyler Bass from 50 yards. And we go into overtime. And then Xavier Gibson time. Xavier Gibson drops back to receive the punt. Low snap. And getting away a line drive kick is Sam Martin. Gibson runs under it at the Jet 35. Starts to his left. Gets to the 40. Turns the corner at the 45-50. Blockers in front at the 40. At the Bills 30. Inside the 20. Stutter steps to the 10. To the 5. Touchdown! It's a Jet touchdown! This game is over! Unbelievable. And I'm one of these guys that when I come home from work, a game, show, whatever it might be, I'm never, I don't care how late it is, I'm never one of these that can just go right to sleep. I can't. I always have to at least sit on the couch, put the TV on, whatever, just for even 20 minutes, a half hour, kind of veg out a little bit. Last night, mm -mm, right to bed, out. That's how emotionally draining that was.